Hey, Podcast World. This is Ramon Sanchez. I'm an associate clinical social worker out in California and host of Destigmatize, a roundtable mental health podcast for professionals I know, members of my community, and some of my friends can discuss topics worth destigmatizing. For this episode, I've invited Nick Gonzalez, a California-based producer and songwriter, blending elements of indie pop, showwave, and garage rock. Nick grew up performing Latin rock with his family band, Grupo Feliz, and has ventured off doing solo projects through his stage name, Loma Lion. On this episode, we're going to focus on his music, inspiration, and how creating and producing impacts one's mental health. And now, here's our episode. All right, Destigmatize, season two, episode four. I'm here with Nick. What's up, Nick? How's it going, man? Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Welcome to the Stigmatized Podcast. I'm super happy to have you on board, man. It's been a couple weeks planning this. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's awesome. Nick, where, where can we find you on Instagram, man? You can find me at the Loma Lion. The Loma Lion. There we go. Right. So, Nick, you're, you're a busy guy, man. You you know, tell, tell our listeners about yourself. You know, who is Nick? Oh, man. Such a, yeah, it's a crazy question, you know, when you think about it, like just the vastness of like, who is Nick or the Loma Lion? Um, Yeah, no, I'm a musician here in Bakersfield. Um, Yeah, I produce music. Um, I'm also a professional in the nonprofit world. Um, Yeah, friend, son, brother, you know, and uh, yeah, it's just really, um, really awesome to beyond the podcast we're making it happen so um yeah but you know I, I produce music under loma lion that's uh that's my um moniker so to speak so um yeah just really excited about um putting music out into the world finally and um you know i have a new ep coming out uh in uh, august well now we're in august which is crazy to it think is. about yeah so um yeah really excited to um to be able to put it out into the world and people to hopefully vibe with it yeah so. man it's it's a really good jam and you know i'm i'm ultimately inviting you because i i actually really like the music and and it, it's it's a really cool theme especially you know members of our culture being latino um and we'll talk a little bit more as the episode goes on but yeah dude i i've, I've met you through the nonprofit world um through my nonprofit, and you were also part of the current alliance of nonprofits, right and that's, I mean, it, you you just give a lot. But before we get into who you are as a musician, what makes you want to give back to the community and the nonprofit sector? Yeah, I mean, you know, ever since I've um, ever since I've been a kid, I mean, you know, just my parents teaching about you know respecting people and building people up and um, helping those less fortunate. Um, it's always kind of stuck with me and. You know, um, you know, after going away to school and, and moving away, living on the East Coast for a few months, um, I was like, you know, what? I need to come back home and, you know, provide that opportunity for people that are less fortunate and people in my community um, that, you know, I care about so much. And, and I, you know, I want to see those people, um, you know, be able to live like abundant lives. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of like where it came from just bringing that knowledge and experience back and seeing how I can, you know, I can learn to be a better, um, you know, just a better person and, and, um, giving that back to the community. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, it's been a great, you know, opportunity for me and, um, and yeah, I love it. So dope stuff, man. How do you, how do you find the time to go ahead and give back to the community that you love so much as well as pursue your work and, you know, do all these musical gigs? Cause you, you're, you don't only perform as Loma Lion, you also part of your family band Grupo Feliz and I've seen you in right. a charro as well. So I mean, <laughs> you're in a mariachi as well. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you find the time? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I mean I'm constantly, um, yeah. I mean Google Calendar is kind of like my, you know. <laughs> I mean you know it's like, dude, saving grace, man. Um, just like making sure that you're kind of like on top of it. Um, yeah, it's it's really you know it's been interesting, you know, especially like getting into my own producing and um, yeah, produce my own music and finding time for that, especially when you're you know you have a full time job and. Um, you're in these various, you know, um, kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. You know, different organizations that you're involved with and different clubs and whatnot. Right. All um, these different endeavors in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think um, really just, you know, keeping that calendar and really managing your time and being very um, deliberate with the time that you put into it. Um, and I think it's actually it's actually been kind of cool, especially with the music part. Um, because with the limited time that I have is just really focusing in and really honing in um, on the music and really getting in the zone, I guess, right. so to speak. Um, you know, because when you have less time to do it, I feel like you're more apt to like really, you know, hunker down and and um, get into it. So, yeah, but that's a good question, man. I mean, just finding time. Um, it's yeah, it's not the easiest thing for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like I said, you know, being deliberate with um, with what you're doing. So yeah, for sure, man. And and I mean these these vibes right here. I mean, where this instrumental that we're playing in the background this this is your work. Yeah, no, I mean it. This is actually really cool. Like hearing it in the back, it's like oh man, like setting the vibe, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, you yeah. did this. You you've done this. This is. This is Indigo, and this is part. This is what your second EP that at least Indigo was, right? Well, it's the second single from my debut EP. Yeah, right so on. Um, yeah, so this is, I guess, the third release that I put out. Um, I put out one release back in 2020, um, and that was called Run, and that was during the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, I took a couple years. Um, you know, there are a few things that happened in between that. You know, I had to kind of step away from the music making process, but, um, you know, to finally, um, you know, put the songs together, take the time to really uh, develop them and, you know, let them kind of mature and, um, you know, um, yeah, just develop, I guess. Um, yeah. And I was able to create four songs within that time span. Um, so it was about a year and a half or so that I was working on the EP. And um, yeah, so Indigo is the second song from that EP. Um, but it was the first song actually that I finished, I think the first time that I started working on. Um, and so, yeah, it was really cool to be able to, you know, create new music and, you know, find new sounds and work with, you know, new synths and, you know, kind of production techniques and stuff. So, um, yeah, this is Indigo. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's interesting to think about, you know, when you, when one is practicing, like I think about the pandemic and the pandemic as a ther- from a therapeutic perspective took so much away from us but for a lot of people it gave so much opportunity 
And I think, you know, it kind of drove us to go ahead and do things that we normally wouldn't even have taken into consideration, such as practicing self-care. So what I want to go ahead and ask is practicing self-care while balancing the demands of being a musician, a full-time employee, being in a relationship and, you know, having all, all these things that are going on in your everyday life. What strategies do you, have you been able to find effective in maintaining you stable and having a good mental health balance? Right. I mean, that's that's a great question. And, and first of all, actually, I want to say thank you so much for doing this podcast. I think it's like something that's really needed. Like, you know, a lot of people don't talk about, um, you know, mental health and how it affects people and, you know, kind of how you deal with it and techniques to, you know, really better. Um, yeah, I mean, to better themselves and um, better yourself in the process, too. So so I appreciate that. Thank Thanks, you so man. much, man. Sincerely um, appreciate that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would say, you know, the, the best thing is really just surrounding yourself with, you know, really good people and a good support system. Um, and your company is always, um, you know, um, that's, I feel the most important. If you have positivity and people that are driven and people that, you know, care about you and want the best for you, like that's so important. Um, and so especially, you know, um, in the kind of work that I'm in, you know, um, in my professional life. And then, like you said, you know, you know, whether you're in a relationship or whatnot, um, yeah, it's just having that positivity and, you know, uh, drive to keep going. Um, because you know, it's, it's pretty easy to look into the negative and kind of be dragged down into that. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm a pretty, I consider myself kind of an optimist, um, optimistic person. Um, always looking on, uh, the bright side of things, which, you know, I sound, sounds kind of cheesy, but <laughs> But, you know, like I, I'm, I'm always, um, you know, trying to look on the bright side and, and focus on, you know, how, how can I um, bring that to other people, too? Um, so so that's really important. So I don't know if I uh, answer your question directly, but oh, you um, did, man. I yeah. mean, just being able to practice self-care and being able to go ahead. And I think being able to surround yourself around those people is a really good way of being able to practice that self-care in a sense, because the little bit of time that you do have it's best to be around those people that are like-minded that are going to support your goals and with such limited time that you do have you're gonna you need those individuals to go ahead and be like yo you need to grind and you need to do what you have to go ahead and do and push you towards that because if you don't have that support system around you honestly you're not going to be able to get anywhere right yeah so i i want to ask you about both your family group as well as Loma Lion if that's okay yeah yeah of course so let's get started with Grupo Feliz give me a little bit of history about the origins of the groups of, of the group and yeah who, who who is Grupo Feliz yeah no I mean that's that's a that's a good question and um, yeah Grupo Feliz um, it's kind of in the name I mean um, you know for those who don't speak Spanish which for myself, I'm not the best Spanish speaker, but you know, I know, I know a little bit. So, um, yeah. So Feliz of course means happy. Um, so the group, uh, was basically formed from my uncles, um, back in, I want to say the seventies sometime, but it actually goes back kind of further. Um, so my, on my dad's side, um, you know, they grew up very musical family. So music and wrestling were kind of like the big, um, kind of hallmarks of the family, you know, growing up in That's East awesome. Bakersfield. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of their, their thing. Um, 
but yeah, so my, my uncle Luce, um, he was kind of the origin of our kind of musical journey, so to speak. Um, so back in Mexico, they're from, uh, Guanajuato. Um, and so I guess it would be like Dolores Hidalgo, I think is the area that they're from. Um, so, you know, he grew up with a lot, a lot of the old school, like vintage, you know, uh, guess like golden era of Mexican music. So Sonora Santanera, um, a lot of like Trio Los Panchos, that kind of like, um, yeah, very like classic, like very um, romantic kind of Mexican right. music. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, Mariachi and whatnot, um, Jose Alfredo Jimenez. Um, so, you know, he always tells me, you know, listening to that growing up, like he has songs that he just remembers just by heart. Um, growing up and, you know, of course, um, at that time, you know, it was very, you know, um, of course, you know, poor country, right. um, especially at that time, you know, they were, um, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a different environment, of course. Uh, but they came over back, um, well, they moved, uh, my, uh, my grandpa, um, to the United States in 1950 with the family. Um, well, he had, he, <laughs> there's another backstory too, because he actually came to the United States in 1917, um, right after the Mexican, uh, civil war. Right. Um, so that's a whole nother story. So he, he grew up in the Grand Canyon, uh, but then they eventually moved back to Mexico, but he came in the Bracero program after world war two, uh, or during and after world war two, um, to help with the, the war effort. Um, but then he eventually moved the family up in 1950, and so, uh, yeah, during the fifties, uh, my uncle Luce, at some point he had asked my grandpa to buy him a bass, um, or excuse me, not a bass, uh, I believe a guitar, uh, from the store, the, the music store. Um, and I can't remember exactly which one it is. I, I, I should know the name, but, um, but anyway, so yeah, he started playing music and he played in a couple different bands. And so, uh, I believe in 1957, um, that's kind of like when he really started, um, performing live in a, a few different groups. So he was in, uh, the Marquis, the Latineers. Um, uh, there, there were a couple other groups that he was in, but, um, yeah, that was kind of the thing, you know, during the fifties, of course, like playing a lot of, you know, kind of rock and roll. That was kind of the genesis of it at the time. Right. Um, yeah. So he kind of started it for the family, um, started that kind of musical journey. And then I believe in the early seventies, uh, that's when group of Felice was started. Um, and there are a couple different, um, a couple different guys in the group, but eventually all of my uncles started joining the group gradually. So, um, so that we, you know, we have a horn player, we have a drummer, guitar, um, bass, and then, you know, all of them for the most part sing too. Um, so that's kind of like where it started. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, like a family affair, you know? Um, and yeah, just playing like a lot of Latin music, a lot of oldies, rock and roll, um, and I just remember like growing up as a kid, like, you know, hearing the band at parties, like that was kind of like, Oh my God, like, you know, this is like a really cool, well, at least for me, it was really cool. Uh, I know I'm sure like for some of my cousins, it's like, Oh, we've heard it before or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, it's, but, it, it's good to go ahead and, and know your origins, know your roots, your raices, where they come from. Right. And being able to go ahead and take this into the next generation. Cause if it's gone from the seventies, it's at least two generations deep at this point. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and it's, it's crazy to think about, you know, when that you're able to go ahead and take something that started, that was cool back then and continue its, you know, its grasp in society even right. now. Right. 
I think that's a special thing, man. You know, we don't, we didn't, I personally feel like we don't take a lot of our history and, you know, even recent history into consideration. We just look at it as our present. And mm-hmm. it's like, these are the movements that make things so special. Does, do you feel that it, it being a family affair makes it even more special? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, just with bands in general, um, I mean, they're really hard to keep together. You know, everyone has kind of their own priorities and their own lives. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of drama. Like, I don't know if you've seen the, there's a documentary on the Eagles, um, just like all the infighting between the guys and, you know, like they're like brothers in a way, but, right. but you know, in, in our band with group of police, it's like, they're actual brothers. Like right. we're actually like, you know, blood related. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like anything else, you know, there's going to be arguments here and there, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's all familia, you know? Um, and, and they're all, um, they're all, you know, they all have the same musical taste, which I think is really special. So, you know, there's that kind of, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like one kind of vibe, like one saying I like, you know, one tribe, one vibe. Right. And so, um, so it's really cool, like just to see that, um, between them, like it's a really special bond. And I know for me, you know, being able to hang out with my uncles and, um, and my aunt Sokoto, who, who sadly, you know, she passed away, um, I want to say two years ago now. Um, but yeah, she was uh, one of the singers of the group too. And just having that kind of harmony with them, um, you know, being able to play music and it was just a really, um, really special experience, uh, growing up and especially playing with them now. Um, it's something unique. And, you know, I think I probably in a way took it for granted, you know, just of thinking, course. yeah, you know, it's like, you think, Oh yeah, everybody has a family band. Like, yeah, uh, you don't have a family band. Like w- what's up with that? <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously as you get older, you appreciate it more. And it's like, yeah, this is a very unique, um, unique experience. So I agree with that, man. Yeah. I, was, I was just thinking about that. Um, because at the time of, you know, at the time that we're recording this, there's going to be a, low rider show at the Cesar Chavez fund or national Cesar Chavez oh, yeah. uh, park. Right, right. And I was thinking about it. I'm definitely going to go, but I'm like, I mean, you know, a lot of people would just think, okay, they're just low riders and keen. And it's just like, no dude, like this is part of history. Like, yeah. th- like <laughs> we're living in it. We're lucky to live in it. We don't know how long we're going to be able to see low riders because I mean, they're a piece of metal. They're going to, if they're not yeah. taken care of, they're just going to become rust. And it's like, we at least get to go ahead and say, hey, we live through a pandemic. We live through this culture of lowriders and Chicano movement and, you know, and all of these things. So, you know, being able to go ahead and say that there's a family band involved yeah. in this, you know, you get to go ahead and say, hey, I lived part of this. Last year, I saw you in a charro, man. I saw you at this event um, <laughs> in, at Village Fest and you're going to be doing it this year. Is, is that also your family? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we have a mariachi group, mariachi gala, and so that's me and my dad and my Uncle Luz and then Al Garcia, who, um, yeah, he's he's played in, um, well, he's, you know, kind of, I guess, a local legend from Al Garcia and the Rhythm Kings, um, and then also my friend Isaiah Morphin, who plays saxophone locally. Um, but, yeah, so we, we play around Bakersfield, um, so actually we didn't, you know, my, my uncle and my dad, they kind of realized, um, because they originally played, you know, rock and roll music or Latin music, um, in a band. Uh, but they realized, Hey, like we can do mariachi music too. Like, you know, just by the instruments and kind of learn the songs. But 
I just, you know, transposing everything and, um, you know, getting, you know, getting kind of the, um, kind of the vocal technique is a little different, you know, and just how you project and whatnot, um, just with a diaphragm and whatnot, uh, because you don't have a microphone, generally speaking, you're kind of just, you know, in a backyard or in a ranch somewhere, you know? Right. So, um, but yeah, but you know, just kind of learning through that, um, process. Um, but yeah, so they, they started the mariachi, I think sometime in the eighties or so. Um, and yeah, we've been playing in mariachi ever since. Um, I actually started playing in a mariachi, when I was like uh, 11 years old and I remember my first gig was at, um, at church at San Clemente mission, um, in East Bakersfield. And, um, yeah, I remember we played for like midnight mass and I remember being a little bit nervous, you know, naturally. Um, but I remember like, you know, just thinking, Oh, my mom's in the audience somewhere. Like she'll like this one. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Another thing that I feel that society takes for granted is mariachis, especially within our demographic we see mariachi so often that it's kind of like, okay, I know the mariachi, but no, this is, it is a privilege to see a mariachi, man. So major kudos to you. Yeah. You mentioned your first song, your first area of playing was that church. What about for Loma Lion? What, let's start off with what motivated the name and where did you first start playing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean with Loma Lion, um, so the name itself, Loma, um, the neighborhood that my family grew up in is called La Loma, um, which means hill in Spanish. Um, and so on the east side, you know, looking over the bluff um, in northeast Bakersfield, um, it's on a hill, basically. And so that's kind of like where that came from. I know it has different associations today. And, you know, we're slowly kind of trying to change that, you know, um, you know, bringing that positivity to the name. Right. But I was kind of inspired by that. Um, but yeah, so, and I like alliteration. Um, I'm kind of like a nerd with like, you know, kind of wordplay and, you know, things like that, semantics and stuff. But anyway, I was like, ah, Loma Lion, you know, like that kind of rolls off the tongue, at least for me. Um, and uh, you know, I kind of like those band names that kind of have like, you know, two different names that are kind of, they're kind of nonsense names in a way, but it kind of works, I guess, you know? And so, um, so Loma Lion, that that's kind of like where the name came from at least, but um, but the more I kind of thought about it, I'm like, no, this is like, you know, kind of a cool concept. Like I like the idea of a lion and I started researching kind of like how lions, you know, like they sleep most of the day and not, not to say that, you know, I'm like, you know, sleeping all the time <laughs> or, you know, I'm like lazy or anything, but you know, it's like, but when they need to eat or when they need to, you know, kind of do their basic instinct primal thing, you know, they're they're able to do it within that short period of time when they're not sleeping. So I don't know. I I just thought that was kind of a cool concept. Um, But yeah, so I mean that, so the idea didn't really, um, it didn't really happen until 2020 to, to materialize as a thing. But before I, um, I had been playing in the Bay area. So uh, when I graduated high school, uh, I moved to, uh, I moved to the Bay Area when I went to school at UC Berkeley. And so I started playing music up there in a couple different groups. Um, And so, you know, we were just playing like a a couple different shows, like at the co-ops and the frats. And um, and then we also had a mariachi group, which is kind of funny, too. Um, So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, just like being in that scene, you know, there was a lot of, you know, psychedelic music kind of harkening back to like the old sixties, like, you know, rock and roll and whatnot. Um, 
and just, uh, yeah, like at that time, you know, Tame Impala, Neon Indian, Washed Out, like those kind of bands were really um, coming up, and I was really kind of inspired by that kind of scene, and, um, you know, there may have been substances involved, you know, too, but... Um, (laughs) but you know, it was, it was just a really cool experience and, um, yeah, that kind of like catapulted me into, you know, really wanted to take music a little more seriously. Um, but yeah, so when I moved back, um, so after that I moved to Washington DC, um, for a couple months and I kind of did that whole, you know, oh, I worked for, um, a foreign policy think tank there for a few months, um, and I, I hated the weather. Like, it was just so right. humid. Like, I was just like, dude, I, I need to move back home to California. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I moved back home after that, and I started playing here, um, you know, trying to get, you know, gigs here and there, but, you know, just trying to, you know, find my way, I guess. Um, but then when the pandemic happened, um, it kind of was an opportunity for me to really sit down and think, like, all right, like, I want to take this a little more seriously. Um you know, because I have all these ideas in my head that I want to really put on record and, and put out to the world. So, um, that's kind of where, uh, Loma Lion, I guess, was born kind of the genesis of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the backstory. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, you know, in 20, um, yeah, 2020, I released my first single. Um, and then I took a couple of years off. Um, and then I released, uh, my first single, for my EP uh, back in April of this year. So, and that was Daydream, right? Yeah, Daydream. You are vision, ain't no secret where, where does, I, I mean, does, you must have had some sort of inspiration. I'm assuming that your aunt had some sort of role in that, but where does your inspiration come from? just in music making in general or for this specific song let's start off with in general yeah i mean my inspiration i mean in every everything really i mean every experience every sensation you know people around me um yeah i mean really everything it's you know it's just part of being a human and i think with artists too you know it's kind of you know not every artist, but, you know, a lot of artists, you know, we're kind of a little odd, a little eccentric, you know, we're, um, you know, maybe misunderstood sometimes or feel misunderstood. I mean, that can be with anybody too, but I think artists have, you know, a different kind of, you know, um, composition, I guess. Um, and so at least for me, you know, being able to put it into music, that's kind of like my outlet for expressing kind of how, how I'm feeling and my experiences, um, because sometimes you can't do that necessarily just talking about it. So, so yeah, that's, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, definitely my family and, um, you know, like I said, my experiences with people that I meet, um, that's, yeah, it's, it's my inspiration, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so this EP, this, this first single that you dropped on your EP daydream, what was going on in your life at that point that made you want to go ahead and, and release this track? Yeah. So with daydream, um, well, you know, with the EP in general, um, so the EP is called vistas and, um, the idea was really just capturing a place and really, um, you know, putting music to it and kind of have like a very visceral, 
um, very like I don't know how to explain it, but um, like when you hear the song, like you think of a place, um, and that's kind of what I wanted to convey with the music and with Daydream in particular. You know, I, I remember going um, on wrestling tournaments as a kid. We'd always be driving out to, you know, Vegas and Prim Valley. And, of course, you know, mostly so, like, my aunts and my mom could gamble or whatever. <laughs> no, but, you know, we'd go for wrestling tournaments and camps and stuff. And so, um, you know, like, Buffalo Bills and stuff. And it was it was really awesome. But I just remember, like, that very um, vivid memory of just being in the desert and kind of, you know, just in the elements. Like, you know, it's when you're out there, it's like there there's no <laughs> there's no reason why those places should should exist you know, like those cities, it's like without air conditioning and without, you know, proper, like, you know, just like basic amenities, like plumbing and stuff. It's like, why is this here? You know? Right. And it's kind of crazy, but you know, like daydream, um, I guess my idea was kind of like hearkening back to, um, you know, those memories, but also like, um, combining it with, you know, my experiences like in my, um, past relationship that I was in. Um, so I just recently got out of a five-year relationship. And so, um, so yeah, when I was in that, you know, uh, that was kind of definitely inspiring that song. Um, so yeah, I remember being in Palm Springs and I kind of had this, um, you, you know, Van Halen, that song, uh, running with the devil. They do. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I, for some reason I had that in my head and I was like, yeah, like. Yeah, so uh, running with the devil, and so anyway, like I was like, dude, like I, I'm, I have something here, but like I just need to flesh it out a little bit, and so I kind of um, like I was just driving by myself, just you know, pick up some drinks and stuff at the corner store, but I was just looking over like Palm Springs, and I was like, dude, like this is just crazy to think that this just sprouted up. Like out of nothing, out of like, nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, you know, like I'm sure you've been out in the desert. It's like, dude, why is this here? And so, um, I usually ask myself, why am I here? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is miserable. Yeah, um, yeah. But honestly, like, I'd rather be in dry heat than in like humidity, like 80 degrees. Like that. Yeah. That's just horrible, man. Yeah, and inspired an entire career move. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, man. Um, but yeah. So I mean, just looking out, and it's like, oh man, like. I don't know, the words kind of just naturally came to me. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of like where that song came from. And, um, yeah, and just the groove of it. Like, uh, I don't know, I wanted something that was a little more kind of almost R&B um, a little bit. And, you know, I grew up on 90s R&B. Um, yeah, just like a lot of John B. And, you know, Next, Too Close, like like a lot of that music, Return of the Mac. Like, those right. are like my favorite songs. But, um but yeah, just like, you know, hearkening back to that kind of beat was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's kind of like where Daydream came from. Right on, man. Before we get into talking about your other singles, I, I do want to go ahead and ask, um, especially because, you know, you you are seen in a charro, you are seen in a Latin uh, you know, group. I'm assuming that you you probably have encountered some sort of specific culture or societal stigma uh, that you've encountered within your type of music within uh, having to do the Latin, you know, the Latin rock or the pop chill wave garage band, which is ultimately not traditional Hispanic Latin theme. Mm -hmm. 
how do you deal with that and how do you address that and how does that influence your music yeah yeah i mean that's that's a really good question and for me it's like i've never wanted to just be seen as like a latin artist per se um you know and and of course like i appreciate my roots and i like i want to embrace that and i want to bring that um kind of that flavor so to speak to the music but um yeah i mean yeah, it's it's an interesting question for sure. I mean, I was really inspired by um, one of my inspirations is Neon Indian. Um, his name is Alan Palomo, but he's Mexican. Like he was born in Mexico, um, but then he kind of came up during like the chill wave um, scene, I guess, in the early 2010s. And um, and for me, it's like I, I remember listening to his music. And I'm like, oh, this is like so neat, you know, like so different. Um because it was like very lo-fi, like kind of kind of fucked up sounding. Like the music was just like not. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like not um, polished, so to speak. But I was like, oh, this is really cool. But it wasn't until you know, probably years later, that I found out. Wait, this dude's Mexican, and it's like I never would have you know kind of pieced it together. And so I don't know. It just kind of like made me think. You know, you can you know you can really make any kind of music you want, and and you can. Like you don't have to necessarily tie the music to your heritage, you know. It's like, yeah, you know, just because I'm Latin American or you know Latino or you know however you define yourself, like you know, I can I can push boundaries, you know, I can break out of you know what people um, want to classify me as. Um, but you know, like I said, I still play mariachi music. I still you know do Latin rock and stuff, and and I love that music. You know, it's a part of who I am. It's part of my experience, but. At the same time, you know, it's like in the same way, like with Richie Valens or, you know, Selena, who are also two of my idols, um, you know, just being able to kind of break that barrier and be be seen as artists and not necessarily just as, you know, um, Latino artists or Latina artists, you know. Right. So it sounds like with even within those artists that you inspired, that you got inspiration from, there's a time and place to go ahead and share your roots, but also you want to go ahead and be your own individual artist. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's, yeah, that's really important, you know, just, you know, because everyone has their own unique story, um, you know, but you know, you don't want to be pigeon tailed or pigeonholed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I always say pigeon. Well, you know, that, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, pigeonholed into, you know, any particular genre just because, Oh yeah. Like that guy's, you know, he's right. Mexican or something, you know, right. whatever. Um, but at the same time, like you have to embrace, who you are and like you bring that to the music. Um, but it shouldn't necessarily define, you know, define the music that you want to make. So I don't know. That's kind of like how I view it, I guess. Nice. So yeah. with that said, have you ever faced any challenges related in the music industry and has that navigated or, or impacted your mental health? And if so, how did you overcome that? Yeah. I mean, I think not necessarily outwardly, like, you know, I've never felt, you know, that anyone, you know, um, you know, wouldn't want to hire me just because, you know, I mean, I think just naturally, like, you know, if you're a mariachi group, for example, it's like there's certain parties that you're going to be hired for, you know, but not necessarily um, because like of, you know, prejudice or something. But I think just more so just kind of internally, like, I don't know if it's like imposter syndrome or something like, you know, I've always like felt 
something like about being, you know, um, Mexican American. It's like, I don't know, like, like that chip on your shoulder where you kind of have to prove yourself. And, um, I don't know, like I, not that it's necessarily a real thing, but like within yourself, like having to process that. And, um, it's like, you know, saying like, no, no, like you can do it. Like just because you're Mexican American or whatever the fact, um, you know, or whatever your identity is, um, you know, just kind of being able to push through that. I think it's more kind of that internal struggle, um, more so than, you know, like an actual outward thing, you know, and, and, you know, of course I have just, you know, experienced, you know, where people, you know, have uh, prejudice or something, you know, whether it's, you know, just in joking or whatnot, but, right. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I try not to take that to heart, but, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's, it's more kind of just overcoming for yourself and, you know, not really dwelling on what other people think or say. Gotcha. Let's talk about, let, let's go and get into Indigo real quick. So... It's a it, it, it's a pretty dope track. I I, I honestly feel like I'm I'm really broken between Indigo and Stone as being you know one of my favorites. Especially I, I'm gonna be honest with you, this isn't my type of style of music, but I have been rocking to this EP for the past couple of days. Um, talk to me about your inspiration behind Indigo and and what was going on at the time. Yeah, no, well, I think, thank you so much for the kind words, man. I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I understand, you know, like, of course, um, it's not going to be for everybody, but, you know, I hope that whoever does listen to it, like, at least feels something, you know, and that's kind of the point of music, you know, I feel is, is to be kind of moved in, in some way. Absolutely. Man. Um, yeah. So, no, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I hope that you didn't take that as offensive, you know, for no, me. No, 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 definitely not. For me, it's, uh, I grew up listening to you know banda and i grew up you know now i'm into reggaeton and 90s hip-hop 90s you know the you know kind of get into that pioneer so for me this was so different and honestly man i was i i've just been chilling to this and it feels good for me you know it kind of does something to my you know to my mental health it makes me feel good and i, I really appreciate your music yeah, no, no, thank you. Yeah, and, and definitely, yeah, I didn't see, you know, anything as offensive. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, with, with this song, um, yeah, I was really inspired. I've been listening to uh, Canons a lot. Um, and actually, you know, bringing it back to what you said about, you know, um, as, you know, like a Latino artist, the producer for Canons, uh, well, he does like a lot of this and stuff, but he's uh, Chicano or Latino. And so, I don't know, I, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, like a fun fact. Right. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but no, I, um, yeah, I've been listening to Canons a lot lately, and I just really like the production. It's kind of more, like, you know, hi-fi um, kind of production style, but um, there's one of the songs, um, a Bad Dream, and I was kind of inspired by that, like, you know, driving through L.A., and it's, like, kind of upbeat, and it's, like, very, like, I don't know, very California, like, oh, like, driving, you know, into the sunset and stuff. And so I was kind of inspired by that. And then I've also been listening to a lot of Mexican rock. Um, there's like a really cool like scene going on or I don't know what you if, if it's a scene. It's more kind of like a it's a movement, man. It's a movement. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, Camilo Septimo, Zoe. Um, oh, they've been around for a minute. But, you know, um, 
there, there's a couple different groups. Yeah, but it's like, man, I just like listening Maná, to it's like, like Verdes. Yeah, and that. that yeah, and that's like, and they've been around for for a minute too. But just like kind of seeing all this um, uh, clubs and stuff. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of great artists and bands coming out of Mexico right now. Um, but yeah, so I was really inspired by a lot of that. So like kind of blending kind of the kind of upbeat, um, kind of indie pop, synth pop um, style, but also with that kind of rock sound. And, um, you know, I love like a nasty, dirty guitar, just like, you know, you gotta just throw it in there, you know, add that, you know, <laughs> yeah, have that kind of, you know, element to it. So I just, um, yeah, I love that. So I think it was just like blending of those elements, but yeah, just really just being inspired by, um, you know, just driving, driving down the coast, you know, like growing up, you know, we'd be always, always be going to the beach, um, Pismo beach and stuff. And, you know, like at the time when you're a kid, you're like, I don't want to go to Pismo. Like it's a rocky beach and it's like, uh, you know, there, there's nothing to do there and stuff. But like, as you get older, of course, like you appreciate it more and there's so much more to do there. I, that's like, if I can retire there, like that's where I want to right on. retire. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I think just, um, you know, driving down, you know, down the coast or, you know, even going to like Malibu and stuff, like just seeing, um, just seeing the water and just, I don't know, like that's kind of what I was inspired by. And, and the whole EP really is, is kind of inspired by, um, being in a car and just like driving through California and just seeing the different signs and the landmarks and the people and kind of experiencing, you know, every kind of tactile sensation. And, you know, it's, it's just really, um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of really what I was inspired by, especially with Indigo, um, just the coast and sunset, and uh, with indigo, like it, just the color indigo, it's kind of where where I was going with that. Um, yeah, just seeing like the sky, like kind of turning, you know, into, um, yeah, turning into night. And um, I was saying, like, you know, grabbing that feeling, you know, that you you want to stay, you know, kind of like telling someone that, you know, you you love them or that, you know, you have these certain feelings, but you know, you, you don't want to wait too long until it's too late so um that's kind of like what the imagery was and i guess the metaphor for the song um yeah that's basically where it came from right on my guy stone is a little bit of a different vibe compared to the other two it kind of goes into a different a different track in a sense completely different title completely different vibe compared to the other two tell me a little bit more about this and and what was going on yeah so um yeah i mean definitely a different vibe um yeah i mean it's you know all all these songs of course are of course are very personal and and you know are different aspects of of my life and what i imagine um oh excuse me Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, definitely different aspects of my life, but also I hope of other people's lives that they can relate to in some way. So this song is about my brother that passed away three years ago. Um, and it was really just, um, kind of my, my way of coping and kind of making sense of it and expressing these feelings that, you know, I wasn't able to express, or maybe I expressed in ways that were kind of destructive, um, you know, just hurting people around me and, you know, um, getting in fights and, you know, slamming doors and stuff and just really, you know, behaviors that's like, this isn't me. Um, 
and I think um, this song kind of kind of helped me through that. Um, and you know, with with my family, you know, losing my brother who was, was just like one of the most like awesome people that you can meet. You know, he was just yeah, he was a very he was like a thrill seeker. Um, so he'd um, yeah he'd like go to the river and you know anywhere there was a body of water, like he loved jumping off cliffs. So, like, I remember one time we were in the Hawaiian jungle. Like, he went to the University of Hawaii. Um, but we had gone there in, like, 2008 to go watch um, Dave Matthews and Jack Johnson. There's a – it's called the Kokua Festival. And I remember we went with my cousin and my uncle, and we were in the Hawaiian jungle, and there was, like, a 40-foot waterfall, like, deep in there. And, um, yeah, just, like, jumping off that. Like, he kind of, like, gave me the – you know, the courage to like jump off and it's like, dude, like you got to do it. It's like, dude, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but you know, things like that, you know, he, he just always loved being around water. Did he do it? And, oh yeah, totally <laughs> did it. Yeah. I totally <laughs> That's did it. Awesome. Yeah. But well, one of my other cousins and uh, yeah, I don't say his name, but, um, you're yeah, good. You're good. Dude, he was there for like 20 minutes and everybody was like, come on, man. Like, like, you know, I was like, ah, oh, he'll go. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're killing but the vibe. <laughs> it's like killing the vibe. It's like, we got all this momentum, bro. Like we want to jump, but yeah, but you know, it's, it's, it's all good, you know? Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, like, um, that's kind of what it was inspired by. Um, you know, my brother always liked being around water and around, um, yeah, just, you know, around cliffs and stuff. So that's kind of like where, um, where the inspiration came from. And just, you know, talking about, um, I mean, you know, it was about him, of course, but I think it was also just kind of a self-reflection for me too, just, you know, how you deal with death um, and how you deal with, you know, how, you know, your coping mechanisms, I guess. Um, And, you know, I was, of course, thinking about my family um, and just my parents in particular and my sisters, you know, just... um, yeah, with any loss, you know, and, and everybody goes through loss at of some course. point. And not even necessarily just, you know, losing someone to death, but, um, you know, losing a loved one or, you know, losing, you know, your sense of yourself, you know, losing youth, you know. And so that's kind of what I wanted to relate in the song. Um, not necessarily in a morbid way, but more so in kind of like an inspirational, like, you know, hey, like, you know, I feel this way and I imagine some other people might feel this way. And so, like, how do you deal with it? How do you move on um, and kind of make sense of it? So, so yeah, that's, like, where where the idea came from. Nice. Yeah, because everyone is a survivor in a sense. You know, you survive death, loss, whatever it may be. And it redefines you. And, you know, for it, even if it's for an instant, if it's for a minute, for a month, for a year, you know, it may create a whole, uh, an entire personality change in an individual but when you survive a loss, you ha- also have to take other people into consideration. And it kind of sounds like you did that with your family because it wasn't, even though you were feeling all of the feelings that you needed to feel, you also needed to take into consideration that your family was also dealing with that loss as well. And your actions and behaviors may have influenced them. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you put it exactly in the right way. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, talk to me about a personal experience or instances where your music has positively impacted you or someone else's mental health. Or maybe you've heard of a story where it's helped someone else in a difficult time. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question. And if <laughs> if there are stories of that, like if anybody like feels something with my music, like I would definitely like I love hearing that from people. Um, yeah, there was like a good friend, my friend Carlos, um, who was actually kind of a funny story, but he um, he had messaged me on Instagram. He's like, "Oh man, like daydream, like you know, it's been." on repeat, you know, on my, on my playlist. And it's like, Oh man, I, I can't get out of my head, you know, perfect for, you know, going to the beach and stuff. But it was funny because he sent it. Um, he sent it while he was at the gym, but I was also at the gym and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, and so he didn't know that I was there. Um, so I remember looking up and seeing him like on the, you know, what is it? The stair climber. Right. And so it was just kind of, a, it was kind of a funny experience because he didn't know that obviously I was there. And I'm like, dude, like, like, I appreciate that. And he's like, oh, man, I'm embarrassed and stuff. I'm like, no, no, don't be embarrassed. Like, you know, like, I, like, you know, it was just, it was just like kind of a funny situation. But I'm like, dude, like, I'm so glad that it means something to you. Like, you feel something from the music. And, and I think that's, that's kind of an important thing, too. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of easy, especially as a musician or, you know, even just like, any any endeavor you know even just like starting a podcast like you look at other podcasts or whatever or other musicians and you think like oh you know i gotta get streams i gotta get this and that like publicity and stuff and market and whatnot but it's like you know how i've kind of viewed it it's like if it connects with people on some some level like even the most granular level like if it if it connects to someone like that means the world and it's like, yeah, you know, you could play in front of thousands of people, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like that one person that makes it real, you know, and like really just captures like what that feeling is. You know, I, I think that's kind of beautiful, man. And it's like, especially playing in mariachi groups, I think about this a lot where, um, you know, a lot of the time, like you're not going to, you know, we're not going to be publicizing like, oh, like we're playing at like, you know, private house party you know or something you know a quinceanera or something but being in someone's house like especially playing mariachi it's like there's nobody around there's no cameras or anything like we're not putting it on social media but it's like that experience like it's so like it's just so gratifying you know like that one singular experience like in someone like someone's inviting you into their home right one of know? their most vulnerable places you know it's, yeah. it's their home absolutely yeah, and it's just like just the most incredible experience, and it's like, dude, like, I I don't know, and I think about all those experiences, like especially you know all over Kern County and whatnot, like all these people that welcomed us into their home, and their family and their culture and their customs, and it's just really beautiful, man. And it's like nobody really sees that. Um, I know I'm getting you know going on a tangent here, but um, no, not not at all, man. No, it's yeah. it's. It's really good that you, you know, this is the best way to go ahead and express yourself because it's like you have to think about this question, you know, and being able to go into someone's home and it, it's like you really don't take the time to be mindful about how intimate a moment like that is, you know, like, for example, I mean, I'm, I'm doing this podcast off of out of my house, you know, it's yeah, it's a vulnerable state to go ahead and I mean just full transparency there's dog toy there's dog toys everywhere and and um you know it's it's definitely vulnerable to go ahead and be in that situation but it, it's it's a really good feeling to have to invite people that do so much good in the world 
into my home. It, it just makes me feel good and being able to develop those relationships. So I could definitely understand, you know, where you're at and what, you know, where you're coming at. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, no, I appreciate that. And, and you inviting me to this podcast, like it means a lot and you should be vulnerable because there's a Trojans <laughs> insignia right here. <laughs> You're, oh, ready gosh. To, you're ready to smash the mirror. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm ready to just throw it off the wall and <laughs> the podcast right now. No, well, the reason I say that, no, because, uh, well, I'm, I'm a proud Cal alumni, so anytime we see SC, it just kind of makes my blood boil. Yeah, look at but, the degree uh, that you're sitting right next oh, to. Oh, yeah, no, right, right, okay, yeah. Okay, you got me, you got me. No, no I mean, no, obviously I appreciate it. My sister also, she got her master's from SC, so I have to be kind of cool with her too, so, but... You know, I try to put up more cow flags and stuff <laughs> if I can. You know, it's like, no, no, this is, this is the man cave. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> For sure, um, man. You have the best of both worlds. You've been in a maniachi charro, like I've said. You, I see you gigging with your family, with the Grupo Feliz. You have your indie style flow as Loma Lion. Have you found any particular genres or styles of music to be specific, uh, specifically or especially therapeutic or uplifting to you and does any type of genre promote your own mental health? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I find a lot of comfort. Um, and I feel like for most people, just kind of the nostalgia of oldies music. I mean, for me, it's just like listening. I remember when I was, well, in college, um, just, you know, being homesick, like listening to, um, yeah, I mean, just obviously all the old, um, like, you know, Suavecito and like, you know, kind of the old Chicano music, um, and there's a specific song that I'm thinking of, but I can't remember the name right now. Um, Oh Honey by the Delegations. Okay. Yeah. And I remember just listening to that. It's like, oh man, it's, it makes me feel at home, especially when you're far away and like you're, you're with people from all over the world and it's like, you know, you just want to feel some sort of comfort, you know, and you're, you're, you appreciate the experiences, but sometimes like certain music, just that nostalgia just brings it back and like just makes you feel comforted. Um, but yeah, but lately, yeah, I've been listening to, I mean, there's a lot of like cool bedroom pop stuff that I, that I like. Um, I mean, I always like, you know, Mac DeMarco and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I've been really into coin lately. Um, and I, I just really like that cause it just feels very authentic. Um, the band coin, um, and Dayglo, um, that's another artist that I'm really into, um, just cause it's like really uplifting, like, you know, very positive kind of, he plays a lot like, um, uh, kind of like Doobie brothers style music. Um, you know, just with the keyboards, like very like poppy and stuff. And I remember me and my ex, we went and saw him in, um, San Diego and we got to wait, um, after the show, like we saw him like pop his head out of the tour bus and stuff. And he was just like really cool and just like really friendly. And I was talking with the bandmates. I was like, "Yeah, good set, guys." And I'm like, "Oh, thank you, man." You know, just you know, just musicians talking about you know, it's like because you you kind of get it as a musician. There's just kind of that telepathy stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different types. I mean, really, any type of music. Like, if you want to feel something and you want to feel uplifted, like you can find it. Um, I think you just have to be willing to open yourself up. You know, to to feel something and to be vulnerable, but also, yeah, it's like, you know, happiness isn't, you know, it's not something that's going to like flip on and off, but you know, like you have to kind of work for it in a way, um, and just be open to it. So 
yeah, there's so many different types of music though. Like that, you know, any type of music, I'm kind of a nerd about it. Like I'll, I'll find, you know, it'll help my mental health. Like anytime I hear any kind of music. What are your thoughts on Bad Bunny? No, I'm kidding. We don't have Do you know? Actually, <laughs> no, no, this is, I, I, I'm glad you brought this up. So like, I don't rag on Bad Bunny anymore. Um, <laughs> I no. the only thing about, but no, he's, he's a great artist. Don't get me wrong. Like he's a good singer and everything. And, and the producers that he works with and stuff, like it's, it's really good stuff. The only, the only thing I had was like the reggaeton. It's like, oh man, like, you know, maybe mix it up a little bit, you know, like, cause you know, like the, it's like, you know, it's cool, but it's like, oh, you know, maybe like experiment or like branch out. But there's a song that, uh, Mojave Ghost. Yes. And I started listening to that. I'm like, dude, this is totally my vibe. And he worked with, uh, what's his name? Tiny or I, yes. I don't know how to pronounce it, but exactly right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so actually like I listened to that. I'm like, dude, this is actually like really cool. And it was, and I think it was just like kind of that break from the norm. Um, and it kind of made me appreciate him a little bit more. So, so no, I'm, I'm about bad bunny now. Like, you right know, on. you know, I mean, I don't like, I don't like dissing musicians cause like, you know, obviously like they're doing something right and they're connecting with people. So, so it's more so just, you know, kind of just for fun, but, but like any musician that's putting something into the world, like I have so much respect for cause it's not like your, like your heart's on your sleeve. Right. You know? And, um, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to do for sure. Yeah. He's so. a very interesting artist because of the fact that he does also, you know, his music also talks to the community of Puerto Rico. It talks to women. It talks to, right. you know, it talks to men. It talks to how not to be a douchebag, how not, you know, there's a message involved. So, um, but yeah, anyway, moving on. No, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Th- that was definitely a joke, but I'm definitely gonna leave it on here. All right. <laughs> Next thing that I wanted to ask you, Stone is a very vulnerable song for you. It's probably one of the most vulnerables, I think that's safe to say, you know, talking about the three and, you know, even the one that may be coming out. And, but I feel like that's probably your most vulnerable. Do you feel that you would allow yourself to be vulnerable to actively engage with your audience or fan base to promote conversations about mental health, whether it's on a personal level or through your music or is it not that deep? Yeah. I mean that, I mean, that's a good question. Um, definitely. Like I, I see it as an opportunity. I mean, I, I talk about it, you know, on my social media when I can, you know, I try not to like bombard people, um, about it, but, um, uh, excuse me. Yeah. But I, I, um, I think it's a good opportunity to, be vulnerable yourself to let other people be vulnerable and say like, Oh, it's okay. Like if, if this person is, you know, willing to share about their lives, like, you know, maybe, um, maybe it's okay to talk about it. And, um, yeah, especially with stone. I mean, it's, it's definitely the most, um, yeah, the most vulnerable I've felt, you know, putting a song out. Um, cause it's, you know, it's, and it's pretty straightforward, like in the lyrics, um, you know, there's no, um, there's no hiding behind it, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, um, definitely, you know, with my audience and, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get the song out to more people, of course. Um, you know, just with the marketing and whatnot, you know, and, and I'm kind of working through that. Like I said, you know, having a full-time job too. And, um, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing, but 
but you know, like I think just the people that do listen and that, that are there, like I try to be there for them and I want them, you know, to have some conversation about the music and, and like I said, to feel something. And, um, yeah, so like, I, I like being able to talk with them, you know, directly and, um, yeah, so hopefully it gives them some kind of, um, yeah, some kind of opportunity to talk about, you know, their own feelings and be vulnerable. What advice or encouragement would you give to fellow artists or musicians who may be struggling with their mental health or facing stigmas within the industry? Yeah, um, I think, well, I kind of, you know, we, we briefly touched on it, but just like surrounding yourself with positive people. I mean, that's, that's like the biggest thing I would say. Um, and just like not listening to not caring what people think. Um, and, um, and, and sometimes even your, yourself, like your own voice, your own inner voice, I guess. Um, it's like, yeah, you know, cause we're our worst critics, self critics, you know? Um, and you're always going to say, oh, you know, like, uh, maybe this isn't good enough or whatnot, but you know, just like really um, believing in yourself and surrounding yourself with people that believe in you and that are honest with you too. Like, of course, like as a musician, like you need people to kind of like piggyback, like, Hey, like this doesn't sound very good, <laughs> you know, or, or just having collaborators. So like um, for example, on the EP um, for Vistas that's coming out in um, August 25th, um, <laughs> little plug. No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> plug. No, but um, yeah, the, the one of the artists that I work with, um, the mixing engineer, his name is Joseph Barrios, um, and he um, he goes under the uh, stage name Joni, and he has his own uh, EP that he just released, Gloam. Um, you guys should check it out. It's it's really cool stuff. Um, but yeah, he I reached out to him to mix the music, um, but also to kind of just get some feedback, um, which I think is really important not just in music, but just in life, you know, like every Paul McCartney needs a John Lennon, you know, um, just someone to like piggyback ideas off of and like, you know, give you some honest critiques, but also like in a way that's going to like constructively like, you know, build the song. Um, and so like, it was really cool working with him because, you know, um, he was very like diplomatic about things, but, um, but he also just enhanced the music so much. And it's, um, just being able to work with someone or having someone that is your ear, um, but also gives you like positive feedback. Um, but in a way that, um, also maybe points out the flaws, um, of what you're creating, but in a way that's like, it's not like, you know, disparaging. So, um, so yeah, I think that's important. Just finding the right people. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would say that's yeah, that's that's my answer. Yeah, no, that's that's really important that you say that. Um, I have plenty of friends that are um, musicians, and they ask me for advice for some reason or another. Um, I think it's because of my personality. I'm very direct and very straightforward. So I will tell you, this is good. This is not. And I right. think you know, I think that's important to have in a in any sort of friendship because you also don't want to go ahead and set up people for failure. So. I really like those uh, words of encouragement, um, that advice that you gave. Where can we find information regarding Grupo Feliz or Loma Lion? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I would say the, yeah, the best place would be Instagram. 
So you can find uh, my music at the Loma Lion um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, uh, YouTube, um, really anywhere. And then I also have a website, uh, thelomalion.com. And I'm hoping uh, in the near future to have some merch on there as well. Um, and then hopefully some shows in the future, but I'm kind of working out the kinks on that. Um, but yeah, and then for Group of Felice, you can find us at Group of Felice Official on Instagram. And then we're also on Facebook as well. Um, yeah, and we're just always, we're always playing, um, you know, private parties too. So you can always hit us up. Um, yeah, just DM us. Like we're, we're pretty, um, pretty open to, to playing for any kind of parties or gigs. Um, yeah, we actually have one this, uh, Saturday for her 90th birthday, which I'm like super stoked about because like, dude, like, you know, like it's, it's really, um, I don't know, it's a really special thing like to be able to live until 90, let alone like be able to enjoy music and with your family and friends. Like that's really cool. Of course. So I always like to end my podcast with, are there any questions that you wish that I would have asked you? Ooh, that's a good question. No, I, I appreciated all the questions that you asked and I, you know, it's your podcast. So, um, I'm going to say, no, you did everything perfectly and I appreciate this so much. Awesome brother. All right. Well, you could go ahead and reach out to Nick through Instagram, the Loma lion on Instagram. You could also go ahead and find destigmatized, but this was season two, episode four of destigmatized. You could go ahead and search for destigmatized on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Nick, thanks a lot, my brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. <laughs>